This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It is Life Beats on Pulse 95, and it is now time to welcome back to the show Said Zaid, arts and culture reporter from The National. Hello, sir. Hey there, how are you? Great to have you back on the show. Now, uh, last night we just had the Brit Awards. Let's start with that. Yes, that's right. So that's yeah, so the Brit Awards is the you know is the key um, award ceremony f- um, for the British music industry. And yesterday it was kind of it went as expected in terms of, um, of who picked up the awards. So Calvin Harris and Dua Lipa were big winners, mm. as well as um, as well as the, um, the rock and roll group, um, the 1975. They're who very had really soft pop, though. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking of you know the sound, their their big mm. breakout kind of song. It's mm. just it's you know they're they're very soft pop, right? Yes, that's right. So I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, this is kind of why I, I think they're doing really well. Mm. In, yeah, because on one hand, you know, on one on one hand, their music is pretty enough, you know, to get yeah. the pop music fans. Right. While on the other hand, there's enough grit in as well in, in some of their songs to have, um, for the rock fans to come. And the thing is, they won the British Album of the Year, which is really probably the biggest award, you know. That, yes. Yeah, and that is a brief inquiry. The album is called A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. It's a pretty wordy title, but that's the, but that's the, that's the thing with the group. And their lyrics are also very interesting, you know, about the nuances of relationships. They're quite wordy, you know. So, I mean, there's, it, there's, there's a lot to them. And I think, you know, after bubbling away in the UK for the last few years, I think this could be the year where they'll really make an impact, you know, internationally. So, in a sense, watch that space. Um, Calvin Harris um, walked away um, as the producer of the year, um, you know, and and his chart-topping collaboration with Lipa, with Dua Lipa, mm. One Kiss, was declared um, the best British single. So, yeah, so Lipa walked away with one award, well, one award despite many nominations, but she got the one that's really the most important, which is the best British single. She- of the year. Yeah, she really did. Did you see the performance by our very own Hugh Jackman that opened <laughs> the night? You know, he's done a great job. I mean, I've been also following Hugh Jackman um, is he, um, his Instagram account. I mean, you know, it, 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 if you if you log into that, you'll see some great um, behind-the-scenes, you know, footage, especially his, his Instagram videos. You know, that's great. I mean, everybody loves you. I mean, you know, <laughs> Hugh Jackman you know, is the kind of person that you know that you want to bring to host anything. Right. You know, really, right. he can sing, he can dance. You know, so that was great. And also, another important thing about the Brit Awards um, this year was that Pink, you know, is, um, and Pink won a, um, like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. You know, so um, her award was basically an interesting one because her award is basically um, to commend her relationship with the um, with the British audience. Yeah. So a lot of the times, you know, we, we think, you know, these um, these awards are about the whole career. But no, Pink really, um, and, and the UK were, were one of the first um, audience um, to embrace her outside of the US. I love you how know, she's so, what? She's like 30-something 30, 30 and she's getting a Lifetime <laughs> Achievement Award? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. But also at the same time, there's a fair, there's a fair bit of marketing as well. Yeah. I mean, she came, she performed, and then magically um, a bunch of um, a UK tour was announced. Right, know, right, the right, following right. Day. So a lot of the so 
so a lot of these things are kind of well collaborated, you know, well stage managed, well choreographed. There's always something behind these awards. Right on. Um, let's move on to Nancy Ajram uh, releasing a song. She just had uh, her third baby, Leah. Um, she is, of course, one of the Arab world's uh, most celebrated music artists, uh, Said. Yes, that's right. I mean, look, if you're a Nancy Ajram fan, the song itself is not really a surprise. Mm. I mean, Nancy Ajram um, um, has, three, um, has three kids, and for each child... Um, she released a song, you know, in honor of that, you know, in honor in honor of that child. So Leah, um, the new song is basically named after a child, and it's basically um, the song is about it's a it's a love letter to it's Leah, very telling pretty. her, yeah, and essentially telling her, although you are my third child, Leah, um, you still give me the feeling of motherhood that I felt when I had my first child. So don't oh. worry, <laughs> it's, it's kind of almost like a reminder that you know, that you so that, you know, you still make me feel great. And this is part of a big tradition, by the way, yes. of songs like that. This inspired you actually to write an article for The National all about this tradition of, of Arab artists dedicating songs to their offspring. Yeah, it kind of made me think about, you know, it kind of made me think about, you know, these songs itself because cause they're, cause they're interesting because a lot of the time, cause, because of the subject matter, these songs are kind of dropped kind of quietly online. I mean, a lot of the time when Nancy Ajram does a song, there's billboards mm. everywhere. You know that a Nancy Ajram single is coming out yes. or an album coming out soon. While this one, she quietly just released it online. Not too much promotion. And I think that's kind of in line with the intimate nature, you know, of these things. So, um, and, you know, and this, you know, and this tradition kind of goes back really, um, you know, back to the 19, you know, 1950s. The first, per, the first song that's kind of been linked to an artist's child in the Arab world, I would probably, from my research, was back in 1953 when um, the Lebanese actress Sabah you know, mm. um, who at that time, legend, you know, you know, at <laughs> that time, you, you know, yeah, yeah well, like, you know, she, yeah, she was kind of in a, a, a star in the Egyptian cinema. So yeah, so she kind of started. So she kind of released a song, Yahweh Dalek, one of her signature songs, and then that became a hit. The funny thing about that song was she released it before any child came to the equation. That song became so famous and so linked with Sabah that when she eventually had um, her child, you know, um, she called her Hueda, you know, in honor of that song, you know. And then the next song um, that really kind of, I guess, that continued um, that tradition was none other than Feiruz. Mm. Feiruz, um, so in 1968, she's on this film called Bint al-Haris, which yes. means the guard's daughter. And she sang a song, Ya Allah Tanam Rima, which is translated to, Oh Lord, help Rima sleep. Mm. You know, it's a beautiful kind of little a cappella lullaby where Feiruz basically tells Rima, please go to sleep because I, I have to go prepare a pigeon for the family. <laughs> to cook. It's, you know, it's quite, you know, it's, it's quirky and it's lovely. And that song, you know, remains, you know, it remains used in Lebanese households today. They just changed the name, you I know, to it. like, yeah, so it's that's crazy. a great yeah, we we do that. This is, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Amra Diab. There are so many that, um, you know, have still done it to date. Um, but you know what's funny about particularly about Nancy Ajram and when you talk about kids, okay? So my my daughter, my eldest, is almost 13. And when she was a year old, Nancy Ajram released her first children's album. It was called Shakhbat Shakhabit. 
I don't know if you've ever heard yeah, of it or yeah, remember it, it, but that played on repeat in our house. Shachbat Shachamit. Oh my gosh. And it was a great album. And she did like all of these different songs, um, all in Arabic, of course, um, but in all of the different styles. So, you know, a bit of Egyptian, a bit of Khaliji, a bit of. And it was just a beautiful, it was actually a beautiful music album. Really good music album. Even, you know, because the thing, the tricky thing about children's albums is you want them to be something that the parents can listen to too. And that was a good one. Absolutely. And that is something that's, you know, that's kind of really kind of interesting about the Arabic pop music scene. I mean, you don't see this happening, you know, in Western pop. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's kind of I mean, the idea of like, you know, big pop stars, you know, singing children's songs. Not mm. really, it doesn't really happen, but this is part right. of the great Arabic pop tradition. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Tamir Husni also released a yes. number of children's songs throughout, you know, you know, throughout the years. I mean, there's none of, I mean, there's none of that feeling of, you know, I'm too cool to yes. be doing something like this, you know? So, Same. yeah, and also, yeah. It's quite, you know, and it's quite, you know, um, you know, it's, it's also good marketing. It is, <laughs> it is. You know what? Let's take a listen now to a little bit of that uh, lovely song there from Nancy Adram. We're going to come back with you, uh, Said, in just a moment to talk the uh, the Arab Prize, the International Prize for Arabic Fiction, uh, as well as George Michael's art collection. That's next. كأنه هيدي الأحاسيس لأول مرة عم عيشها وعم بشعر فيها عم برجع أحلم باليوم بدي أرجع وعليها نص الليل وغطيها كأنه هيدي الأحاسيس لأول مرة عم عيشها وعم بشعر فيها عم برجع أحلم بدي ارجع وعليها نص الليل وغطيها قلبي القصمت عتلاتي تركت اللي راح فاضي تيكمل معنى حياتي تيبقى قلبي راضي ميلا سكنت This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. 
Yes, coming back to the conversation with Said Said, arts and culture reporter from The National, somebody who's just loving and being passionate about all things books, arts, culture, music, everything, everything, which is why we love you so much, Said. Um, <laughs> there's a lot yeah, we love about. you too. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about in terms of um, the International Prize for Arabic Fiction because women are dominating. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, so um, recently, the International Prize for Arabic Fiction, which is really probably w- one of the top three yes. um, literary awards, um, you know, in the Arab, you know, in the Arab world, celebrating um, Arabic fiction, they just released their shortlist and and a record a three of the six um, nominees um, are. Um, uh, women, mm-hmm. which is really, yeah, which is the, which, which never really happened before, and, and 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 this is and this is really a big deal. Now, a lot of these writers, you know, we know them already in Sharjah because they appeared over the last few years at the Sharjah International Book Fair yes. to um, to discuss their latest work. And some of these writers are also previous nominees. You know, so we have Iraqi author and journalist Inam Kachachi. She was shortlisted in 2009 and 2014. She returns. Um, with her latest novel, The Outcast. From Syria, we have Shahla Ojaili. She's back on the shortlist as well, having been on it um, two years ago previously. Um, she's back you know, with her novel, um, Somewhere with the Enemy. You know, and as well as that, we have Huda, ba- we have Huda Barakat. Huda Barakat, what you call, um, she's back as well. She was, an, she was in the Sharjah Book Fair back in 2016. So she's been nominated for The Night Mail. You know, while Jordanian author Katha al Zabi, um, she returns with her debut. Um, she returns to, um, to the UAE. She was in charge a couple of years ago, and you know, she makes her debut appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the charge, um, in the in the shortlist with Cold White Sun. Now, each shortlisted author collects ten thousand um, dollars, which is about thirty-six thousand dirhams. You know, for being shortlisted, while the winner will receive an additional fifty thousand dollars. You know, for winning the prize. So, as, and on top of that, the winner also gets their work um, translated into English. So, you know, so it's you know, so it's quite Im- important on a monetary level for these authors to continue their work, as well as the chance to expose their um, their award-winning novel to a bigger audience. Because you, you, we have to kind of um, place this conversation uh, back to that press conference that was pretty unforgettable. Were you there in 2011? Um, oh yes. When the award amazing. was shared by uh, Saudi author uh, Raja Alam for the Dove's Necklace and Moroccan writer Mohammed uh, Achari for The Ark and the Butterfly. Yes, that, yeah, I mean, that was that was probably one of the most um, vitriolic um, <laughs> conferences I've ever seen. And, it's, yeah, and essentially, this is the first time, you know, it ever happened. Um, because normally, normally the way it works, um, the the jury we um, the, the jury decide the, on the long list and the short list, and they yep, yep, and then they decide the winner. A lot of the times, you know, um, it's done through a vote, and 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 occasionally it's a unanimous um, decision. Mm. So in this case, the jury said in the press conference we just couldn't decide. You know, it's almost kind of like a hung jury. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they awarded Raja Alam and Muhammad Achari um, the, the so far 
And you know, this is the first time you know a, a female author won, and they just and and a lot of the um, the, the controversy surrounded why is it that she, you know <laughs> this is the first time it happened, and why does she have to share it? Yes. So and yeah, and and, and and from what I understand from the organizers, things were put in place mm-hmm. ever since that edition to to basically not allow that situation to happen again. Now the thing is, you know, I spoke to a number. You know, of these authors that were um, nominated, particularly in Am Kachachi, particularly in Am Kachachi, you know, and she, you know, and I, I was asking her like, how do you feel? Like this could be the first time where a woman can win this award outright, mm. and she said, that's not my concern. She goes, all I care about, you know, is writing could work. You know, I think she, she was concerned that there's too much coverage discussing, you know, about this whole woman thing. Sure. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. With, it's with, all about with, the craft. With, yeah, yeah. And what she's saying, and what she said is a really interesting point. Any reader of Arabic fiction would know that female authors have been doing really well anyway. So yes. this actually, this nomination is not really a surprise. It's just a confirmation what any Arabic culture lover knows. Well, we're excited to see where it goes. But something else that's been in the headlines is uh, music superstar John Legend speaking up for Palestine. Let's uh, take a listen what he had to say on, uh, on the Real Time with Bill Mayer show. But I think as progressives, we should also um, speak up for human rights for Palestinians. And I think uh, for too long, I think uh, it's been out of bounds for progressives to keep up for the, for the rights of Palestinians. And uh, I, 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 don't know, I don't know about Venezuela, so I won't talk about it. But I think, but I think it, it, is, it is a progressive point of view to speak up for the human rights of Palestinians. Yes, but it's not like an issue is in your mind and the Venezuelan. That was him appearing on Real Time with Bill Maher. And uh, it's interesting, he was kind of almost uh, shut down for that. So place that kind of conversation for us, uh, Said, if you will. Yes, well, I mean, yeah, it's quite a confronting thing to say at the Bill Maher show because Bill Maher's views... Um, you know, on the you know, on the uh, on the situation in Palestine mm. um, is, is yes. well. Let's put it this way: it's not the same as what John Legend is saying. Mm-hmm. So to kind of make that comment in this show, it's you know, it's quite it's, it's important. It's quite powerful and provocative as well. And he is right. I mean, a lot of the time, the discussion surrounding um, uh, this, this this situation in Palestine in the pop music world has always kind of been limited, you know, to a small yet dedicated group. I mean, I mean, the the, um, the people that's kind of um, we're talking about the BDS movement, you know, the yes. the boycott and divest um, divest in sanctions movement. I mean, the 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 ambassador of that is um, uh, Roger Waters, you yes. know, who's the front who's the Pink front Floyd. man, yeah, well, front man of Pink, former front man of Pink Floyd, and there's also as well Brian Eno. Mm-hmm. You know, that great producer. I mean, they're very passionate. Are, Roger Waters, yeah. oh my goodness, he's so Absolutely. so passionate about the rights of Palestinians. Absolutely. Now, while those two have been passionate, and you know, and you know, and they've been doing this for for over twenty years, mm. at the same time, it's very rare to find somebody that's kind of, I guess, quote unquote, current. Yes. You know, who's kind yes. of still who's still active in the pop like you know still active in the pop music scene. So what John Legend is saying was quite a, was quite a breakthrough. Yeah, you know, very very important. Is, yeah, because John Legend, because Roger Waters, 
his you know his legacy is sealed. He made all of his money. You yeah. Know? So I mean, so there's no risk. Exactly. I mean, there's yeah, no risk so. in him speaking out. He can do all the speaking out he wants. He's not going to be, um, you know, dropped from playlists. He's not going to be exactly. um, dropped from record companies or whatever it is. But you know, it's it's great to see that um, John Legend is speaking out, and he has done before uh, to his credit as well. But let's move on. Uh, very quickly to uh, the the last uh, item on our list today to run through, uh, Saeed, and that is an incredible art collection from the one and only George Michael. Yes, that's right. And that's, look, uh, look, this is a this is a quite interesting thing. I mean, I mean, a lot of the times you know, we forget that a lot of these artists have an amazing, you know, art collection. Mm. <laughs> you know, like you know um, David Bowie. Yes. Also had, you know, David, yeah, David Bowie also had an amazing art collection that we just that we, that we only kind of knew about, you know, after his death. So basically, the main catalog for the George Michael collection, you know, has been published now online, you know, and it and, and it's basically and, and it's basically on sale. I mean, his private art collection, you know, is full of British contemporary artists such as Damien Hirst, Tracy Amon, Sarah Lucas. Mark Quinn, and the list goes on. So it's a really um, interesting collection. So I wonder um, what can be done with it because with David Bowie, some of the stuff has gone on sale, while the others has um, has went as part of a um, a tour around the world. Yes. So I wonder now um, that this is an opportunity to see what can be done with it, and uh, some of that money from the sale will go to charities as well. George Michael, well, one of the things that people don't really speak about is that he's been a consistent, um, you know, um, fundraiser for many charities and very quiet about it as well he wasn't like we discovered after he died that how how active and how much he actually really contributed he was incredibly generous Yes, that's right. Exactly. I mean, he didn't make a song and dance about it you mm. know, as well. I mean, he's always been a person, even back from the Wham days, mm. that's been quietly kind of contributing to causes. So, in a way, this is not a um, in a way this is not a surprise the way this is done. But this could be a great opportunity for another wonderful art collection to tour the world. So I'm really following yeah. this, um, you know, this piece, um, this this um, thing with interest. I think we all are. It's a stunning collection. But you know what, uh, Said. I think it's a, a perfect excuse to play a bit of George Michael and none other than his incredible Freedom 90 song. Thank you so much, Said. We'll catch up with you again next week. See you soon. Take care. Oh, my God. 